This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Uh, this is an interesting story. Angus Young from ACDC has revealed where he was when he came up with the title from one of, for one of the band's uh, biggest songs. Sitting on the can. No. Angus says that they were working on the tune, came up with the music first, we're trying to come up with the lyrics and a title. Nature called. Angus went to the washroom. I'm just sitting on the throne more or less, and then I think, I've got it, I've got it, I've got an idea in my head. <laughs> Highway to hell, which begs the question, what did he eat for dinner the night before? <laughs> Thank God he went with Highway to hell and not Hershey Highway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's with all the skin marks over <laughs> all over the highway here? That's the highway to hell. Uh, Angus Young sitting on the toe. Some some of the best thinking gets done when you're true. Uh, you think of that famous sculpture, the Thinking Man, right? Yup. Where he has his his elbow on his knee and his his fist on his chin, and that's that's how a lot of us look when we're on the can. <laughs> you know what's sad? He never would have come up with that if he lived in the age of cell phones because he would have been distracted. Very true, Jim. Thank goodness cell phones and uh, Angry Birds and uh, Kijiji, Facebook, Instagram (laughs) weren't a thing back when the band wrote Highway to Hell. Mm -hmm. Who knows? It might have been Highway to a Good Deal on a Used Couch. (laughs) Surfing the Information Highway. Uh, you'll be happy to hear this news, too, Jim, now yeah. that you're an old guy like like me. Um, been waiting and waiting, knowing that one day this was going to happen. Fashion experts are saying that cargo shorts are coming back into style. Yes! When did they ever go out of style, I ask you? Well, actually, I may be jumping the gun a bit. They're not saying the shorts. They're saying cargo pants. No way. Are like the hot, hot ticket item that in the world very, of fashion right now. When I was in grade seven, grade eight, that was a really big deal. Cargo pants. Yeah. I can remember we had, uh, when I was in elementary school, Kettle Creek pants. Do you remember Kettle Creek? They're like a cargo pants with wood buttons. No, I don't specifically remember those ones. Before your time. Those are great cargo pants. And, hmm. you know, for guys who don't carry purses, cargo pants basically are the man's purses on their legs. Yeah. It is great, Keep but it also, in there. anytime you have the pockets, you tend to fill them up. And then when the cargo, sh- like the pocket is near your knee, now, now there's something rattling against your knee. Like, you only <laughs> use those pockets in a pinch because it can get old quick. If you're going for out for the day, though, like to a concert or festival, cargo mm-hmm. shorts were always the best to have. Sure, fishing or something. You'd be like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like, does someone have a Phillips head screwdriver? Well, actually, yes. <laughs> Let me reach into old left pocket here. <laughs> According to the fashion writer for Rolling Stone magazine, cargo pants are popular right now because of the hip-hop world. Hip-hop artists are wearing cargo pants. And they're the biggest trend center setters for fashion right now. So, um, yeah, they're making their way back into the uh, the mainstream. Right on. So congrats to all the dads that held and did yeah. not get rid of their cargo pants. 
I, uh, I've got a couple pairs at home. Can't wait. The shorts or the pants? I got shorts. Okay, me too. I actually, I don't know if these are cool or not, but I actually have a pair of cargo shorts that turns into pants when yes! you zip the legs back on. Classic. <laughs> that is that is like next level dadness. My kids are going to be so proud of me when I bust those out to bring them <laughs> to school. Hey, who's that cool dad with the cargo <laughs> pants that turn into shorts? Yeah, he's, he's out there in a T-bird. He's put his foot on the bumper and z- unzipped him. He's so cool. So cool. <laughs> I know you're out there, somewhere out there. And we're going to find you, aliens. Have you seen the quality of the camera they put on that rover? Cruising around Mars right now? Be able to see the pores on these aliens. You like this, Jim? A pilot spotted a UFO. An American Airlines pilot. They've got the audio of him talking to the tower here. Listen to this. We just had something go right over the top of us. That I hate to say, this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. UFO. Classic cigar-shaped UFO. Mm-hmm. Hmm. American Airlines is not denying anything. They're not yeah. saying the pilot was was incorrect in seeing what he saw. Yeah, it's wild, man. More and more, like, um, uh, military people are coming out and saying that they've seen stuff. They're releasing more video of tic-tac-shaped UFOs. It seems to be a common one as well. Tic-tacs and cigars are the new hot UFO shape. Yeah, it used cylinders. to be. It used to be like frisbee, flying disc sort of deals. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's cigars and and tic tacs. Yeah, I mean, what else? What else would it be? A These cigar be- just looks like a long tic tac. It really is. So, like the cigar ones could be like the alien uh, version of an SUV or a station wagon, right? They're stretch UFOs. Yeah, limos. Yeah. <laughs> They're the high end, and then you got the sedans, the yeah. little tic tac ones. The aliens can drink in the back of the long cigar ones. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, I mean, what else would it be? Like, for real, the, these pilots, this is what they do. This is their passion. They know everything about aircraft. It, it, I mean, is it another government secret uh, prototype, or is it something from another planet? I don't know. Gases? Could it be gases or... Weather balloon? Weather balloon, possibly, but he says it was moving pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Did you skim through those government documents that were released? Was anything uh, interesting in there about the UFO stuff? I think that's Down where I think that's where the Tic Tac one. There was there was one recently, either a year or two ago, which was on you know a camera that was on a fighter jet or something, and it was it would go from stationary to super fast, mm-hmm. and then it would stop, like completely defying the laws of gravity and physics. I, I, I'm going to start a conspiracy theory right now. What? Uh, Tic Tacs and cigars are the shapes of the uh, the UFOs that we're seeing right now. You think Bill Clinton might be an alien? <laughs> that is go-to. He's all about the Tic Tacs and True. the cigars. Hmm. It would make sense. Dig into that one online. See what you come up with. Are the Clintons reptiles? I got a feeling there will be a lot of hits on that one. <laughs> uh, I didn't say Hillary. Specifically, Bill. Mm-hmm. Tic Tacs mm-hmm. and cigars. Yeah. Got a couple football stories here. I'm kind of sick of hearing about people who invested in Bitcoin early. <laughs> At this <laughs> point, yeah, we missed the boat. 
At least we think we did, but maybe, you know, sky's the limit. Who knows? <laughs> Back down now. Don't invest. <laughs> Russell Okung is a player who may be one of the top paid players in the NFL, even though you, you've never heard of the guy. He plays for the Carolina Panthers. He's an offensive tackle, and he loves his Bitcoin. He tried to convince the NFL to pay him $13 million of his salary in Bitcoin, but they wouldn't do it. So he took 50% of his checks and put it all into Bitcoin the minute it hit his bank account. So he he invested when Bitcoin was around $25,000, and now it's worth over $50,000. So he doubled whatever he put in there. Wow. Way to think outside the box. I bet you his teammates were chirping him. Oh, Mr. I mean, Bitcoin he, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. He just doubled his money. Tennessee Titans are having an issue with one of their players, Isaiah Wilson. He turned 22 years old on February 12th. And according to A to Z Sports Nashville, he's done with his team because they didn't wish him happy birthday on social media. <laughs> no. You took it that personally? He tweeted out, I'm done with football as a Titan. No further comments. He's since deleted the tweet, but this news outlet investigated and they found it all began when uh, the Titans didn't wish him happy birthday on social media. Is that something that teams always do? I see it occasionally, but do they do it all the time? Every time a player on the team has a birthday, like, is this some sort of standard that has been set? Well, have you ever forgotten to wish your your girlfriend or your wife happy birthday? No. Or happy Valentine's Day? Thankfully, no. Yeah. If you did, they'd probably be upset. Yeah, but if my employer, it's your employer, <laughs> not the love of your life, your family, it's yeah. a job, bud. He's getting paid $11.6 million over four years. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a way of saying I love you <laughs> when this, it comes to employment. This guy must have the most lit birthday parties. Like, if he wants them to be acknowledged, like, I wonder what his birthday parties are like. They must be wild if he loves it so much. Like an MTV episode of Sweet 16? <laughs> yeah. It's all about me! Why is nobody wishing me happy birthday on social media? <laughs> Hey, they're big guys. They're they're tough, tough dudes on the field. But you got to remember, they have feelings as well. Mm-hmm. So if you have an NFL player or a CFL player in your life, make sure you wish them happy birthday on social media. You're gonna pay. <laughs> You're gonna pay for a home sweet home. The real estate market is insane. It is insane. Home sweet home. Okay, if I take piano lessons, you have to take vocal lessons, Taz. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Jimmy Smith joins us. Jim Smith from Sutton Select Realty. He's a past president of the London St. Thomas Association of Realtors. And, Jim, I saw somebody posted on Facebook yesterday that in London, Ontario, a house this week sold for $550,000 over asking price. So we, we wanted to get you on to talk about this crazy market. Is How are it, you, Hey, good. good. Is it possible to get into a home without paying over $100,000 above the asking price these days? 
I'll say yes because I sold one two days ago, and we got in just a just a just a, a smidgen over the asking price. Now I was I wasn't up against anybody else on it, which is uh, you know an, an anomaly in this market. But yes, I mean. I don't know. I, it's it's. I'm hearing stories of houses in South London selling for two hundred thousand over asking. So last year, when you heard fifty five thousand over asking, like uh, last October, last September, you go, "Wow, that's okay." So I guess this is the new benchmark. When I was president in twenty seventeen, and the average sale price of a house in London for that year was three hundred and fifty three thousand, and uh, and uh, the average sale price in twenty twenty. Was 487, although that doesn't reflect the, the average, right? So you're having some uh, extremes on the high end, and you'll see that it'll go up this year. Can you get in for? Yeah, you can get in. You just got to persevere. And um, as long as the people are coming down from outside our locale, you're going to see uh, the continued activity that we're having. Yeah, a lot of the the reason the situation is what it is is people in Toronto selling, cashing in, and then retiring or moving to work from home in London. Hamilton, Ontario has been facing this for longer than we have because of their proximity, obviously, to Toronto. People wanted to get out of the GTA, and they'd settle in Hamilton, driving the market up there big time. But I, I can't remember ever hearing a house going for 550 over asking price. So what is the the most you've seen over asking price? Would that be it? Uh, that is it for now. But I've seen 250. As they say, back last October, you go, wow, 50 over. Now to see over $100,000 uh, after, you know, hearing that there was 9 to 12 to 15 offers on a property, it's kind of becoming commonplace <laughs> because, I mean, it's all simple economics, supply and demand. And right now, our demand is, uh, is you know, we have uh, an Im- lowest inventory uh, that we've had in years. Builders are doing everything they can to get houses to market as fast. Selling subdivisions out that I heard a story about a month ago where a builder was bringing uh, 200 lots on in two phases. He's going to bring 100 lots on this year and then, you know, get them built by next summer, a year this summer, and then bring another 100 on. He sold the 200 lots out in in under two weeks. And <laughs> I heard I heard that some of that in another uh, development, people signed a waiting list, and there were 780 names on the waiting list. Wow. Oh, Lord. The crazy part <laughs> is, uh, well, another crazy part is how many people are going in with no conditions and, you know, sometimes finding a surprise, sometimes it works out. But how, what, what's the percentage of people, like, going in with no conditions these days, would you guess? In a multiple offer situation, Jim, everybody, you're not going to get the deal if you go in with conditions. Now, I'm not telling everybody to do that because, you know, uh, a more, you know, your mortgage person will say, well, we'd like to see a financing condition, but you're not going to get it. A home mm-hmm. inspection clause, forget it. I mean, when you've got nine offers, they're all clean as whistles. There's no conditions, and it's all boiling down to the seller uh, sitting in their dining room with, with their agent looking at 10 offers laid out before them, and they choose the one with the highest price and the least conditions. If there's, a, if there's multiple offers and you decide to go in 200000 over asking price, at what point does the bank say, okay, relax there, pal. You're not, we're not giving you that kind of money for that house. It's priced at five hundred, and you want to pay 700 for it? That's crazy. That's a great point, Taz, because guess what? If, if so you go in, you do the deal, you go, ah, we've got our house. We paid 200 k but we won because we lost out on the last 10 houses we chased after. Now we've got one, and we paid 200 over. Well, they've got to take it, bear in mind that the bank is eventually going to come through and do a, send an appraiser through the house. 
And if the appraiser doesn't see the house at 700000 and the say the appraiser says the house is 600000 they have to come up with that 100000 on closing. Because <laughs> banks, banks only give them 600 It's scary. But the thing, but that being said, uh, appraisers are finding the values in these houses because of the fact that the market's climbing so fast. Yeah, why aren't they just listing the, the houses for more? If if the house is going for yeah. 700000 then why don't they list it for 700000 Why are they listing it at five? Because we because in real estate we we uh, we use precedents and, and historic sales to, to base the, the, the sale price or the listing price of a house. So therefore we don't know that it's gonna end up at seven hundred or seven or six hundred and fifty thousand when we list the house at uh, five forty nine nine. We don't know that. I mean, as I said, I sold one the other night, it didn't get to that point. Oh come on, um, Jimmy, be honest. You guys list them low so you get the people in there. You want the bidding wars. You want people fighting each other to get these houses. Real estate agents must be loving it right now. Well, real estate agents are working pretty hard right now because, remember, if there's 10 offers on a house, one offer gets selected, nine offers don't. And those that's nine people, nine families that didn't get their house that, that now continue their search, go back out to the market. That's a, a real estate agent. There's an agent in my office that wrote uh, 12 offers two weeks ago in one week, and he didn't get one deal out of the 12. Wow. So. So it's frustrating for the for the buyer, and it's frustrating for the agent. So I, everybody thinks that being a real estate agent right now is a ticket to uh, you know early retirement. It's not. The agents are working harder now, and and they're working. They have to work smart, and they have to protect their client to make sure, as you said, <clears throat> if you know you're into a house that you pay two hundred thousand over for, you better make sure you have the wherewithal to close on it. Some calls lined up here, Jimmy. Let's go to Dean first. Dean, what do you want to know? Hi, Jim. Hi guys, how's it going? Hey, good. we're good. Um, one one thing I uh, asked uh, while we were offline is, um, I live on a street that the houses sell very quick. So over the past year, I probably got about six things in my mailbox of somebody dropping off saying, "Hey, we buy houses." Yes, I've seen and these I, too. And I think it's like a backyard kind of agent that's not making much money. That's you know, kind of undercutting the the rest of the business. I'm wondering how prevalent is that nowadays? Well, I doubt it's agents they're doing it, Dean. I, I like my, I've received them in my mailboxes too, and it's we buy houses. And uh, it's always a handwritten letter too. That's yeah, yeah. Or, or, or like a, a, real t- a typewriter <laughs> from 1940. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so confusing. I've had at least three end up in my mailbox. Right, and it's people that are trying to a they they're telling you that you won't have to pay commission. We'll come in and buy your house in any condition. Don't worry about even sweeping the floor. We'll come in and we'll buy it as is, and we'll pay you market value. Well, guess what? Any, I'm sorry, but anybody that doesn't call a realtor and list their house with a realtor and goes for one of these deals is probably going to lose out on you know they're worried about. I don't want to pay commission. A realtor in this market will make you back probably twice as much or three times as much as your commission. Just as we're sitting here talking about multiple offers. I mean that selling your house yeah. to some guy off the street. People aren't putting letters in your mailbox because they want to give you more money than your house <laughs> is worth. Exactly. And, yeah. the, and, and you're you're leaving a lot of money, a lot of money on, the, on the, in this market right now. You are leaving a ton of money on the table if you don't. Could be home flippers too, because a lot of people were flipping. You know, six seven years ago, they were able to get it houses pretty cheap. They put a couple hundred thousand dollars into them and flip them. But now that industry, it's tough to get into a house where you can make money if you're trying to to fix it up and sell it. Yeah, I've what, seen what houses. Are, Go ahead. 
But what about what about the owners that live on a house that the, all the houses sell within you know two two to five days? So a house on my street that was listed for nine fifty sold in four days for one point one six. Dean's and living in a nice neighbor. neighborhood. <laughs> his, his, his Are you neighbor, interested in listing? <laughs> his neighbor, his neighbor wants to wants to sell, but using a, a a realtor, but saying, "Okay, well, guess what? I'll give you thirty grand to sell my house because I know it's going to sell in four days, and that's the easiest thirty grand you're going to make." Yeah, do realtors are they are they taking cuts right now in commission, Jim? Can you negotiate that with a realtor? I mean, there is no under uh, under Korea law. We can't. There is no fixed rate of commission. There is a, an average rate of commission, I, I would say. But with the real the deal that the realtor cuts with the client is the deal that they cut with the client as far as far as uh, and, and as far as their brokerage approves it, I guess. But uh, yeah, of course, there's probably deals done. But the fact remains is why wouldn't a, a guy that you know why wouldn't you pay the uh, commission that the realtor wants? That's his job. He's getting you the most money that they can get for your property. Right. You're both making both more money. Is, I mean, right. the, 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 and the way that's being done is the <laughs> gentlemen. The way it's being done nowadays is that you know that's we, what I'd say too if I was a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear the things I'd say if I was a, a radio announcer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't say them. Hard. Don't say them, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but guys, I mean. It's it's the market now is where you list your house, you hold for you let allow it to be shown for five days to a week, and then you deal with offers on a certain date, and that's what is that's and, and good for I mean as a hired realtor for by the seller you are representing the best interest of the seller and representing the best interest of the seller means getting them the most money. It's a scary time to be a first time home buyer, and we've got one of those on the phone. What's going on, Jake? What's your question for Jim? And um, I was wondering if Jim had any advice on terms of kind of saving and how I can uh, prepare myself to get into the housing market. What do you think, Jimmy? Uh, well, that's a, that's, that's a great question. It's a commonly asked question right now. I would say the best thing, Jake, first of all, is get yourself a realtor, okay? A uh-huh, realtor. Here we go. <laughs> well, no, but you can get a plumber to help you buy a house. He'll, he'll tell you about the plumbing. Uh, you get a realtor, and a realtor will guide you through the, take you through the process You've got, and the first thing you have to do, Jake, is get pre-qualified by a financial institution, so that you know exactly how much you can spend and and your comfort level of spending. You don't want to be a slave to your house, meaning that you get a house and every month you're making a payment on it. You can't go to the movies. You can't, well, in two years, you can't go. You can't go for dinner. Um, so. You, Get a get a realtor, get get approved, and then just start. And should Jake be looking at houses like if he thinks he wants to spend five hundred thousand dollars, let's say, should he be looking at houses that are listed for four hundred thousand, just assuming that there's going to be uh, offers that exceed the asking price? Yes, yes, for sure. And look at houses at at, at your limit, at, at what you are, what you're approved for. But for sure, I mean, I, I, I've been showing houses to a young couple for the last three weeks, and I've gotten to the point now where we walk to the house, I go, guys, look at this house and imagine if you'd pay $100,000 more for it. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have to pay $100,000 for, more for it, but just, I mean, that's, it's trending to, you know, towards that direction. So look at that house, make sure you can afford that additional 100000 should you have to pay it and make sure you like it. I used to give young guys like Jake, because I've been very fortunate with with my uh, real estate purchases up to this point, 
And I used to give the advice to younger people, hey, get into the housing market as soon as possible. Like you, I've made some good money buying and selling my houses over the years. But I don't know, is that is that still good advice? Should they get in the market now or should Jake be waiting to see if there's a bubble that bursts here? Well, Taz, if I knew that answer, we'd all be millionaires. And I, I'd bring you along for the ride, bud. But uh, I can't say, I mean, in 2017, when we, the first six months of the year in 2017, we eclipsed every record since 1978 when Alstar started tracking sales. And I, we all said in 2017, well, this can't last. Well, it faltered a bit at the end of 2017. And of course, 2018, 2019, and right through 2020 in a pandemic, the market just climbed and climbed. Now, if I say, do you get it now? Yeah, I get it now. I know an agent that told his clients back in 2017, don't get in this market, wait six months, wait a year. Well, what happened to his clients? They lost out on a 15% increase in the value of real estate. Right. So, so if I knew that answer, but I would say, in my opinion, all the factors <laughs> – point towards a low interest rates we i would say in in my opinion just keep living with your parents jake your mom's yeah. cooking your meals mm-hmm. you're getting you your, got laundry laundry done. your laundry done <laughs> you gotta shovel the driveway so you gotta shovel the driveway so the hey, that's not that bad it's pretty low right now so i might have to do that yeah, i think man. it's gonna keep i think i i don't see the reason why it's gonna crash why as everybody says so don't forget we still have the lowest prices in ontario compared against you know waterloo and hamilton and that they're they're running their average sale prices are in the seven hundred thousand range, and we're still in the, our average sale price is still below uh, six hundred. Our average price. I mean, we've peaked it in a couple of months over just over, but we're still the best deal, and that's why that's why it's selling so much here. Good luck, Jake. Say hi to your roommates for us, okay? Yeah, you have our Hamilton listeners uh, who may have heard this segment this morning. They're like, "Wow, you can get some good deals on real estate in London compared to here." I guess it's all relative, right, Jimmy? Well, yes. Um, yeah, it is. it is. The closer to Toronto you are, it seems the more that you're paying, right? Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, the pandemic is obviously you can work from home. And uh, so people are cashing out and coming this way. Eventually, though, we will probably, at the rate we're going, we're going to catch up to them. We've been the best deal for 20 years. I already, I've always said that. Now we're starting to catch up to the rest of the province, let alone the rest of the country. And and we will head towards an e- a market equilibrium where it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a balanced market. That's what we, we need to get to at some point. Well, Hamilton listeners, if you want to uh, cause even bigger problems in the London real estate market, sell your homes and move here. <laughs> Jim Smith, great city to move. Yeah, okay, you've got enough time on the radio. Jim Smith Thanks, from Sutton guys. Select Realty, if you Thanks, are looking for someone to help you through these difficult times with... Uh, Crazy prices. House $550,000 over asking price in London this week. That's nuts. Give Jimmy a call. Bruce Springsteen has pleaded guilty to drinking in a federal park. (laughs) The drunken, restless driving charges against him were dropped because his blood alcohol level was so low. There was uh, the story a couple weeks ago that broke that he was charged with a DUI for for driving his motorcycle after drinking. As the story became more clear, it turns out that he saw some fans, or fans recognized him, waved him over while he was driving on national park lands down there in the U.S. near Sandy Hook. And um, he had a couple shots of tequila with the fans before he got back on his bike and rode away, but a cop saw him do it, pulled him over, charged him. 
I thought for sure, you know, you told the story uh, the, of his reason of what happened, and I didn't buy it at all. I thought it was one of those things where, you know, when a, a, a guy who's impaired gets in a car crash and he starts immediately drinking once the car crashes so that when the cop comes, he goes, I was stressed out and I started drinking yeah, and you can't loophole. prove I was drunk before I This is crash. why you don't jump to conclusions. Innocent until proven guilty, Jim. Fair enough. It just sounded like the most improbable thing ever. Inspired some great... Uh... Some great parody songs. This is a lawyer from New Jersey who sang a song about Bruce Springsteen, hoping that Bruce would call him and he'd be able to represent him in court. For a National Park Service cop on a slow Saturday stroll. <laughs> he saw Bruce hop on his bike, wrap his legs round a velvet rims, till a fan's empty Patron bottle made a defendant out of him. If they supply a public defender, I know he's gonna win this case. Cause a DUI for a point oh two, that's a jersey size disgrace. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good song. Yeah, shout out to this guy. Uh, his name's Eric Harrison. He's a lawyer in New Jersey. He didn't end up representing Bruce Springsteen, but he did get some attention for his parody song. Worth a shot. Uh, we got another one here. Worth a shot. That's what Springsteen <laughs> said. <laughs> okay. This is, a, this is a bit of a long setup, but uh, it gets there eventually. A couple shots of tequila. Then I gave my bike a crank Not my best idea Even if it was only just two drinks I took the breathalyzer And under the legal limit it fell I'm for public safety I mean, come on, but what the hell I had no priors The prosecution's case just fell Yeah, so he got off from the, the, the drinking and driving charges, but he did plead guilty to drinking in the park, and for that he was fined $540. The judge asked him how long he needed to pay, and Bruce responded, I think I can pay immediately. No GoFundMe needed? <laughs> yeah. I, I, let me get the wallet out. I think I'll be okay. It's Taz and Jim, and... We got a little insight around Valentine's Day into how much it would suck to go through a divorce, Jim. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary reality. If this precedent ever comes to Canada, divorces are going to suck even more for some people. Uh-oh. woman in Beijing, uh, China, has t- taken her ex-husband to court and demanded compensation for all the housework she did during the five years they were married said she took care of their child, did all the housework alone. Her husband barely cared or participated in any kind of domestic chores. Crazy part is she won the argument in court. Judge ordered her ex to pay $7,700 in, quote, housework compensation. Hmm. Okay, that could have been worse monetarily, but that's still crazy. But then he's also paying monthly support on top of that. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. That's a, that's a compromise you generally make with the person you're in a relationship with, and if you get the bad end of that stick, end that relationship or recompromise. You know, like that doesn't seem like it should. It should well, be a how, law. How is the how is the husband contributing to the relationship? Was he going to work every day? Was yeah, he was he paying the bills? Paying the bills. I, there's a lot of questions that aren't answered in this article, but we do know that. <laughs> In China, if you're not keeping up your end of the chores, could cost you when you get a divorce. Yikes. How do you think you'd make out? If you were in front of the court arguing about the housework you do around your place, you versus Sarah. Who's, buddy? Who's winning the case? Buddy, I'd be rolling in dough right now. Oh, boy. I'd I hope she's not work. listening. Only because I'm done work at noon. So... I mean, we we cook evenly. Like we go back and forth. Who cooks what night? Yeah. But I feel like I do. I do more of the chores. <laughs> I shovel the laneway. But she did buy a Roomba. So she provides <laughs> you with the tools you need to get yeah. the chores done. She hates sweeping. I was like, why don't you just grab a? She's like, the Roomba does it. I was like, I don't want to pay for a Roomba. She's like, I'll pay for it. I'm like, okay. So now we have a sweet ass Roomba, which is great when you have a dog. I agree with you. I feel. Like, I do more chores than my wife. However, my wife feels that I am completely wrong about that. Yeah, I may be wrong, too, because my <laughs> girlfriend also says, you never know what notice when I clean. You never say anything, which is true. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.